0: And welcome to Bedtime Bible Boys. With Brock, Trey, and Theron TJ. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. We love you, Mom. And you too, Gail. You know, in church today, that we talked about the idea of living life with no regrets and some of the things that people do when they have regrets. Then we uncovered this idea that because God works all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose, we can use our greatest regrets that we have in life. For one, we can be free of them because our regrets don't have to identify us. Does that make sense? Things we regret, that's not who we are. They could be things we did or they could be things that were done to us. But the things that we did that we wish we didn't do or the things that were done to us that we wish hadn't been done to us, none of those are a reflection of who we are. Those are not our identities. They might be things we did, and they might be things that happened to us. But that's all they are. They're not who we are. Do you understand the difference? Yes. So for instance, if you were rude to somebody, you may have done that. But you're not a rude person. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Uh, You may have been rude. You may have acted rude but you aren't a rude person. That's not your identity. So to speak life into those situations, and then to see that your regrets can actually become your purpose. And I felt enthused today just thinking about that, that the things that you most regret about your life, it doesn't mean God gave them to you. It doesn't mean God made them happen, because I certainly don't believe he gives his children bad gifts but bad things do happen because we live in a fallen world right through the circumstances of those bad things things that he didn't want to happen that have happened and that we regret they can actually become areas of strength for us they can become an area where we give purpose and we give hope and light to somebody else in life i think that was a powerful idea that whenever you feel regret don't stay there you gotta move forward. And we talked about the the verse in Philippians when Paul says you know, this one thing he says something to the effect of this one thing I do I put aside the past. Because Paul had done some pretty evil things. You remember some of the things Paul was involved in, right? New Testament Paul? hmm yeah. yeah. What was he involved in? Do you remember? The stoning of? Simon. Simon. Uh, no, no, um That's right. i get Simon and Stephen mixed up. That's all right. He was involved in that. He was going around persecuting Christians. And he could have stayed there, right? When he became a Christian, he could have let that identify him. And you can bet that the devil and demons and his flesh and everybody was trying to make Paul feel like, no, Paul, that's who you are. You're a persecutor of the truth and he'll never be anything better. But he let the past be the past, he left it there, and he strained on towards a future hope. You know? Mm -hmm. The people he was persecuting became the people he was working to save and strengthen. So the area of his life that could have been his greatest regret, persecuting Christians, actually became his greatest strength, his greatest purpose which was to baptize new people into the spirit of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Any thoughts? No. What'd y'all talk about at church? Not being like a Saul. Not being like a Saul. But not like Paul Saul, but like Saul the King Saul? Yes. I see. What was King Saul like? Jealous. Mm -hmm. Jealous of who? David. This should be fresh on our minds, right? Reminds me of the person at school who called me... Oh yeah.
1: Oh you know. mm-hmm. yeah. Said and something
0: say, said something rude about you. Yeah, and you said that usually comes out of like a person that is just jealous of something that you have and they want it. Yes. That's right. When we insult people, it's because we feel an emptiness or an insecurity about ourselves. Right? And the only thing that we see in the immediate term that can make us feel better is we look at other people who have the things we want and we try and insult them. We try and bring them down a few notches because it makes us feel better about our current standings. So when that happens to you, when other people do that to you, it's only because of their own emptiness. My mom wrote me a letter once that said that, nothing anybody ever says to you is because of you. And I had more to say than that, but that always stuck with me. Nothing that others say about you is because of you. And that served me well, because I remembered it. People say a lot of hurtful things, and people who are hurting say hurtful things to people who aren't hurting, because they want to see them hurt. There's a saying that says, misery loves company. You know what misery is? You know what being in misery means? Like some kind of... Dreadful sadness. Yes, dreadful sadness. Good good definition. And it loves company. Do you know what that means? People. It wants somebody to be sad with you. It just feels better when you're in misery to be there with somebody else. And that's really a disappointing thought because you can have people empathize with you and be encouraged into a better state of mind at the same time. Rather than trying to discourage people to be with you. You could allow others to empathize and encourage you. Does that make sense? Do you know what empathy is? No. Do you know what sympathy is? I've heard of the word sympathy, but I don't know what it means. Sympathy is when you feel bad for something that's going on in somebody's life. You feel bad for them, right? That's sympathy. Empathy is feeling what they feel. It's feeling bad with them. Not for them necessarily, but with them. So when you have sympathy for somebody, it's like, God, they're going through a hard time and I feel bad for them. When you have empathy for somebody, it's like, you're hurting and I'm hurting too. I'm hurting with you. Or you felt the same way before. You felt that you feel the same thing they're feeling. Not only before, but in the moment that they're feeling it, you're feeling it with them, right? It's like sympathy, but in a more personal way. Anyways, when you can allow others to empathize with you and then encourage you, that would be better. But that's what those sayings mean. We're kind of, I'm going all over here, but uh, yeah, but you don't want to be a Saul. Saul's are jealous and they say mean things about others because they themselves are not, they don't feel secure in their position. You know, mm-hmm. which Saul had a reason not to be secure. The Lord told him. Your kingdom is not going to go to your bloodline. I've given your kingdom to David. He's going to be king. Right? Mm-hmm. That's why he was jealous of David. Cool. I'm glad that you guys are learning in church what we talked about in what book was the story of David. It was in 1 Samuel. Yeah, First and Second Samuel, right? Good job. Remember who Samuel was? Um, I think a priest. Yeah, it was like the high priest that anointed David. Well, Saul and then David as king, right? Yeah. Alright, well let's go on. We we're still talking about Saul, uh, David's son, Solomon. Of course, Solomon had just died in chapter 11. So let's move on into chapter 12. Rehoboam, who was Solomon's son, who succeeded him as king, went to Shechem, for all the Israelites had gone there to make him king. When Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard this, he was still in Egypt where he had fled from King Solomon. He returned from Egypt. So they sent for Jeroboam, and he and the whole assembly of Israel went to Rehoboam and said to him, Your father put a heavy yoke on us, but now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke he put on us, and we will serve you. Rehoboam answered, Go away for three days, and then come back to me. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam consulted the elders who had served his father, Solomon, during his lifetime. How would you advise me to answer these people, he asked. They replied, If today you will be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. Okay, so somebody's a new leader, and the new leader wants to be accepted by his people. And what is the first thing that his advisors tell him to do to the people who he wants to lead? His advisors replied, If you today will be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. What did his advisors tell him to do if he wanted to gain his position as leader over the people? Serve sure them. Yes. That's right boys. Serve them. The advisors knew that the people would accept a leader who would serve them. Notice that's still the case today. People want to be led by somebody who serves them. You know when you know that you have a good teacher who you can really give into and lead is yes. like how when they help you a lot and they do good things for you. That's right, when they're serving you. Now you may not always like necessarily the way you're being served because they're trying to teach you. It's important. Trying to teach you discipline. They're trying to teach you academics. So it may not always feel like serving you, but it is. It's serving you and you need to realize that they're trying to do something that's very good and beneficial for the greater part of your life. And even though there might be issues sometimes, you can get behind a... uh, They're not your king, but you can get behind a king like that. You can get behind a leader like that who serves their people, right? But Rehoboam rejected the advice the elders gave him. Bad idea, really bad idea. He uses the word elders here. Listen, it doesn't mean that people who are older than you are always right. It it doesn't mean that at all. But when you talk to somebody who is older than you and are being given advice from them, if at first you disagree with what they say, you should at least keep it in your mind and think about it. And be really thoughtful about it, because that's how that has a lot to do with wisdom. It's just how long you've been around. And there's an arrogance sometimes about children and about young, young men, young women, that they think because people are old that they don't have as much to offer, but really they have the wisdom of having lived through a lot of things and pride gets in the way sometimes of listening to them. Rehoboam should have listened to the advice the elders gave him. But mm-hmm. he didn't. At least give a simple thank you if you reject it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Give a thank you. Well, that's a good point. Like, be thankful for it. Even if you reject it. He's the king. He can decide. But he should have been thankful and considered it. Again, doesn't mean it's right. But if it comes from an elder, it should be considered and consulted... Okay, so he rejected and consulted the young men who had grown up with him and were serving him. Bad idea. Okay? Really bad idea. The young men who had grown up with him, they were friends, right? Listen, friends are good. Friends are great. But you know what friends sometimes aren't great at doing? Holding you accountable. If you're doing something bad, it takes a really good friend. It takes like a Jonathan type of friend. Jonathan to David to come to you and say, Hey, Trey, stop that. You know, you've been baptized into a relationship with Jesus Christ, and this isn't how you need to be treating people. Think how good of a friend it would take to tell you that if you were being, like, mean to somebody. And you might not even like it. Like, you might even tell your friend, Hey man, you're supposed to be on my side. And the friend can be like, I am on your side. That's why I'm calling you into the higher place that you know Jesus is calling you to be. Now, Friends like that are rare. But these are the things we should be looking out for. And especially as a child, you're not going to encounter that very often. Because children have kind of like a limited... They they haven't had time to mature in the Lord very much. So how do you expect them to say that? But if you ever in your life find a friend who's like that, I'll tell you, man, you're not not living in accordance with the Spirit. You know, I'm not judging you. I'm just telling you. Like, you, you know you were created for a higher calling. You know you were created to walk in his light and in his peace. This isn't who you are. Come on, man. Get your head out of the gutter. Let's go. Come with me. Let's go. And if you got a friend like that, by all means, listen to them. Don't ever lose them. That's a good friend. But most friends aren't going to give good advice. And I think Bohm turning to his friends instead of the elders, bad idea. Another good example. If you're Parents, I know I'm your parent, right? So this is, I, I, I'm i obviously biased, but if your parents, if your mother tells you something, it's because she loves you. It's because she truly wants what's best for you. If I tell you something, it is because I love you. It's not because I want to stop you from having a fun time. It's not because I want to make your life unenjoyable. It's because I have been in your shoes. I've lived through things. I've made mistakes. And you guys are going to make mistakes. My warnings to you don't make it so you have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. Just understand that when I recommend and give you advice, it truly is because I love you. Now, if a friend tells you, dude, your dad's a lunatic, let's do this instead. Or tells you, no, dude, your mom's wrong. Um, Listen to the advice of the elder, especially the elder who loves you. That's your parent. If you choose not to, that's fine, but your parents are actually going to give you the best advice, you know? What's a lunatic? <laughs> um, Sounds like a bad word. No, crazy, so crazy. They're like, they're wrong. They're, they're false. Someone who's just false, you know? Oh. Not, not all there in the head. He asked them, this is really bomb, to his friends, what is your advice? How should we answer these people who say to me, lighten the yoke your father put on us? Do you know what a yoke is in terms of like old like Bible yoke? We're not talking about an egg yoke. You know what kind of yoke you're talking about? Like burden? Yeah, a yeah. burden. Because a yoke is like that 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 piece that goes over an oxen that ties them together. Yeah, I was going to say like an ox yoke. That's right. Yeah, like an ox yoke. So, you know, the oxen are held together by like a wooden yoke. Like that thingy that wooden plank that goes over the next and then those thingies that go it goes open. above and they go <laughs> yeah yeah like, like that that's right you're, you're, you're both picturing the correct thing a heavy yoke would be like why is it so heavy you know, you're burdening me right so when they say your father put a heavy yoke on us it was like we didn't mind pulling the rope we didn't mind doing some work but your father made it heavy on us man he made it hard on us you know and that's not the relationship we have with Jesus. Jesus said, "All of you who are tired and heavy-burdened, come to me, and I will bring you rest for your souls, for my burden is small and my yoke is light." Or so, something like that. I'm just saying that off memory, but uh, it's the point is, is that Jesus came and he said, "I'm come to me if you're tired. Come to me if you have been living in religion. You know, like religion, like like lawful religion, legalistic religion, religion that says God's only going to love you if or when or because. But come to me if you've been burdened by that type of trying to earn it lifestyle and just come and be loved. I bring rest for your soul, not necessarily your body, although I believe you can have your rest in your body in him too. But he said, I bring rest for your souls. My burden is easy and my yoke is light. Totally the opposite. Okay, so the young men who had grown up with him replied, Tell these people who have said to you, Your father put a heavy yoke on us, but make our yoke lighter. Tell them, My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. My father laid on you a heavy yoke. I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. It's actually even ruder than what the elders are. Super, well the elders were giving good advice, serve them. Like, imagine the king person, or the friends. Imagine if they were the people that were going to be treated that way. <laughs> right. They should never say such a thing. Right, put yourself in the shoes of the people that you're talking about, right? Yeah. Or, especially if Solomon, Solomon, if Rehoboam would have had to carry the yoke with him, he would have had true empathy. And he would have been like, These people are being overworked. They have no peace. They have no rest. So, in verse 12, three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to Rehoboam as the king had said, Come back to me in three days. The king answered the people harshly, rejecting the advice given him by the elders he followed the advice of the young men and said my father made your yoke heavy i will make it even heavier my father scourged you with whips i will scourge you with scorpions so the king did not listen to the people for this turn of events was from the lord to fulfill the word of the lord the word the lord had spoken to jeroboam son of nabat through Ahijah, the shilonite when all Israel saw that the king refused to listen to them, they answered the king, "What share do we have in David? What part in Jesse's son? To your tents, O Israel! Look after your own house, O David." Is Rehoboam Solomon's son? Or That's is that right. Jeroboam? No, Rehoboam is Solomon's son. So this is the falling right here. We're kind of witnessing it, and people are starting to serve themselves rather than serve others. Lesson for us, when you have a chance to serve yourself or serve others, it might mean you have to give something up. That spot in line, uh, the the, the object you're competing for with another person, it doesn't mean get walked on, right? But it does mean learn to serve others. And you will be elevated to a leader. If you are already in a leadership role, start serving others as best you can. For many reasons. One, because it will empower your leadership role. And two, it's the right thing to do. You know? The Lord came and he was a servant to us. When when God came to earth in the form of Jesus Christ, he was a servant. He came as a servant. This was the God who created the universe, everything in it, who set the planets into motion. The seas and the weather listened to him. And he came to serve the people. Anything else? Great story. Well, thank you guys. Thank you both for your words and your attention. I love you. I love you too. You guys are good kids.